everybody. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I'm coming to you by myself so far after the Mavericks defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves 128 to Wednesday or 108 on Wednesday night. Uh, I'm by myself again because Josh has taken uh, uh, some time, which he will, you know, he'll be back probably in a week or two. Um, but you know what? This is fun, so we should enjoy ourselves. Uh, the Mavericks are on a little bit of a lengthy road trip. Uh, and let's see here, who all do they have here in the upcoming weeks or upcoming games? You know, they play the, the Pacers in a couple of games. They're on a really, it's, it's essentially like, like, uh, this is game three of, of a, a road trip that's broken up by a Pacers game Friday at home. Uh, but then they go play basically the, uh, a, a whole bunch of Eastern conference teams in the Minnesota and the, uh, Oklahoma city thunder. But it was quite the game, the last game before the trade deadline, where the Mavericks came out. Uh, I, I made the joke that Luca looked like he ate mall sushi, to which most people responded to me that he apparently ate, you know, gas station sushi up there in Minnesota because he just looked terrible. He tweeted before the game, or uh, he did something before the game talking about how he wasn't able to get his nap, and the guy looked like it. Like, I, I have a five-year-old, and that's how my five-year-old looks mid-afternoon when he refuses to rest at all. Just very, like, grumpy and tired of it all. But thank goodness. Uh, Chris Depps Porzingis, who seems to really enjoy playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, decided to show up. The Mavericks were down 16-3 to when Porzingis hit a short post up, I believe. He got to the free throw line a period number of times and then hit a real cool uh, kind of like under the backboard layup uh, off a pass from Richardson. And the Mavericks were kind of right back in that game. And it was it ended up being, uh, you know, the they looked really terrible for the entire first half. A lot of that was on Luca. You know, if, if, you know, Luca, I don't think he scored, he scored like two points. I don't remember how many he had in the first half, two points or five points, something like that. But the, the wolves just weren't really able to pull away because they're just so young and they foul everybody. Like Jaden McDaniels, who was on Luca is one of those rangy wing players that I wish the Mavericks would invest in, in their youth. And Luca just took him to school. I mean, the guy, the guy fouled Luca. I want to say, just looking at the box score here, I think he had to foul. Like he, all five of his fouls were Luca Doncic fouls, which is pretty brutal. Um, and then there was uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who ended up having a ton of fouls. It's like the Wolves as a whole committed twenty-five personal fouls to the Mavericks twenty-two, which isn't a lot. But if you watch that first half, the Mavericks were in the bonus six minutes into the first quarter and then six minutes into the second quarter. And those sorts of things are really just going to allow you to to go ahead and 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 enjoy the fact that that the Mavericks weren't playing well. But I really wasn't worried. Uh, You know, one of our normal listeners, he hasn't joined yet. uh, One of our normal listeners was was tweeting me talking about how he felt like the Mavericks were going to lose. And that was, you know, I just never really felt that way. I mean, I was recapping the game tonight, which meant I was supposed to be taking notes. And normally when it's a it's a really intense game, I just sort of write everything down. I mean, every single play, I am writing things down. And this was one where I just kind of started watching. I was watching, um, I really enjoy watching Carl Anthony Towns play because he's just such a kind of unique basketball player. But they they just don't they just have a lot of youth. Anthony Edwards also seems like a guy who's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, he does shoot like he kind of doesn't seem to have a conscience or any sort of sense about what he ought to be doing on the floor. But I mean, he he's so young and he's just he's kind of he's re- he's strong. He's he's kind of reckless in a fun way. I mean, if you're gonna lose, you might as well enjoy yourselves. And 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 
if I was a Wolves fan, I would say like watching him play seems to be a, a really good time. Um, the, the Mavericks continued the preposterous streak where when they're undefeated, when Jason, or I'm sorry, when Josh Richardson scores 10 points or more, I want to say they're 10 and zero now, which is just ridiculous. Um, I see a lot of people wanting to comment. I actually wrote about this in the recap. A lot of people talking about the Dwight Powell game, which he, he had 16 points, eight rebounds. He was scoring in the paint, he even missed a few easy ones, which was pretty funny. Um, and and really, some of that has to be the the lack of of. I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful here, but the Wolves are kind of bad, and and so Dwight Powell feasting because he's not. The thing about Powell is like he drives us nuts because he's currently he's not able to do the things he was able to do. His athleticism was peak, but he's never been a dumb player. That was something that always sort of that still frustrates me. I don't really like it when he's on the court because he's not able to do the things that would help him succeed. But it was it was just kind of a really rough game, uh, or is is just really you know rough watching him beat the crap out of some of the the Timberwolves. Like he had two post seals, like he was a middle school basketball player just dominating in the key. I have uh, uh, one one of one of my friends on Twitter who you know is a real big KP fan, sort of repeatedly let me know that oh Luca doesn't feed the ball like that to, to KP when he seals. Well, KP never seals that close to the basket because he likes the mid post shots more. He like. And, and, and you know, I just really enjoyed seeing, seeing Powell play that way. Uh, I, I also would like to talk about Porzingis um, in terms of being able to, he was just really, really good. He was, he was all over the place uh, on defense. You know, his offensive shot profile is, is going to be one of these things where I'm just not going to like it. I don't like some of the shots he takes. You know, he was, he was, 29 points on 23 shots, which is not really efficient. That's not a livable shot diet against a good team, but who cares? Cause the Mavericks won by 20. Um, and it, it's, it was nice watching him on defense. Um, and I, I just want to make sure, I just want to make sure real quick guys, you guys can hear me, right? Okay. Okay. So, so thank you, Matt, for, for confirming that. Um, Christian is somebody who I need to bring up on stage and roast him. Um, because he was the person who tweeted me and, and let, and told me that the Mavericks are going to lose. But Porzingis's defense is probably the thing that I was really enjoying the most because he, he's such a smart shot blocker when he's engaged. And we've seen too many times this season where I think he's kind of hunting for blocks and either his timing, his, his wind, his strength, whatever wasn't working and against the wolves he had a couple of defensive plays where he blocked it and then saved it and then passed it out like bill russell type crap um and so all right i'm gonna invite doug here up on stage doug what's happening hey kurt good to have you on you know it's fun to have games like that where you're not all uh tense and totally frustrated it's just good to watch just things happen and uh, one of the amusing things about this game was some of the oddball statistical things like D- uh, Jalen Brunson with 11 rebounds. I don't think we're ever going <laughs> right. to see that again. And then the other one was uh, if Kristaps and uh, uh, Hardaway Jr. have as many assists as as Luca, it's an odd night. Yeah, it, 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 this seems, you know, it felt like a trap game. That That's sort of one of those... Those things where you know, Jeremy Boyer in the chat points out, it's always nice to play the worst team in the league, but 
as people pointed out to me, they beat who did they beat? They beat the the uh, Blazers. Or the, I mean, they've they've not been terrible since you know they they kind of needed to, to come back. So let's see here. They beat the Suns in a home and home matchup, and then they beat the Trailblazers a couple uh, a couple games back. So they're they're currently you know sitting on a three game losing streak, but they're not quite as as they just have too much raw talent. And in a given night in the NBA, raw talent can really you know overtake things. So it, it it's it is nice. It's it's good to have a game where Luca can look like he he you know I don't know what he did, but he just he really looked all, like his face was pink. Like that's the fun part about these enormous televisions in HD, where it's like that guy looked bad, and it, you know eventually he kind of woke up a little bit towards the second half of the game. But it's it's good to get through it. I was I, I was I was pleased to to see what's with the the fact that the Mavericks were able to bounce back. I tweeted something to the effect that they went on a. 125 to 92 run to finish the game, <laughs> which I mean, it's just, it's a stupid thing, but it's, it's pretty wild when you think about how ugly they looked for the first six minutes. Well, that's going to be one of those things that, uh, again, you're going to have these games against some of the lower level teams and, and that's okay. That's part of the, part of the season. That's part of the schedule. So uh, I just sat back and enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I did too. And and so with with what's you know they only got one of those because then they go back and play the Pacers uh, on Friday. And and you know we've probably everybody who's in here is hardcore fan enough to have probably seen some of the Pacers chatter. I cannot believe the Pacers would trade uh, uh, either of the guy you know uh, Brogdon or um, Sabonis. That just seems like I don't understand how that could be possibly a thing. Um, so so I'm that game will be tough, even though Porzingis. Um, played very well in the last Pacers game, though they were without their other big guy who is a Euless Trinity alum. Why can't I think of his name? Miles, Miles Turner. Turner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I don't know. I'm real. That'll be a, that'll be a really interesting bellwether game. Cause I, I think that the, that the, the Pacers are probably a, you know, a lot better team than the Wolves. And, and at the same time, I just, it was very hard for me to get a read out of these, these, some of these games, because when you play a team back to back, I just really don't want to get, embarrassed twice and the fact that the Mavericks kind of split these past two series gives me a lot of optimism uh regardless of what does or doesn't happen on the trade deadline um does anybody else got anything they want to come up and talk about otherwise Doug and I are just gonna have a good time or just me since Doug left um what a ha Christian come to make amends have you yes yes I I will definitely you know I'm I'm gonna do my walk of shame Right, I'll read it out loud, but then I'll give some context to it. So hopefully, I don't look too bad. <laughs> no, no, podcasts don't need context. Context. What are we talking? I just need you to. No, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I'm trying to find the tweet. It was when we had, I think, you know, taken the lead, gone back down by eight or whatever it was. But I tweeted out. Let me pull it up. It was we're gonna lose. <laughs> Luca keeps shooting the three. He's still not in the game at all. He needs to drive, get some, get some baskets, and get his confidence going. Atrocious. So, which at the time you were not wrong. It just the fact that they were kind of still hanging around with Luca being absolute butt. You know, Callie Kaplan of the Dallas Morning Morning News tweeted out about a half hour ago. Many Mavs fans want the Mavs to trade for more support for Luka Doncic tonight. The Mavericks roster showed it as is; it can still win on a human night for their superstar. Like 
ignoring the fact that they're playing the worst team in the league, I kind of get what she's saying. But it it is it is nice to see these guys have a bounce back game. You know, Brunson kind of needed one where he had looked like he was just on an island for four straight games because those Clippers games when we talked after those games. I was just roasting him and ready to send him into the sun. And the guy, is, as Doug pointed out, had an 11-rebound game, which is just preposterous. Um, it was it was good. It was, it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a – I guess I would call it a palate cleanser. You know, we, tomorrow is either going to be really exciting or really boring. There's, there's no way about it uh, other than that. So, so it's, it's just sort of, sort of what's going on. But, uh, you know, Jeff Gatlin in the chat points out, quietest locker room so far. I agree, Jeff. Does nobody else have anything to say? Christian, what else you got for me? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of expect uh, – well, actually, going back to the, the tweet, I think, you know, when Luca, what what did he start, O of 8 or O of 7 before he, you know, got something to drop? My biggest frustration was, you know, everybody, it doesn't matter how great you are, has a bad game. But it was, you know, when he wasn't paying attention behind him, it got stole, the loose handles, the, you know, toss it behind his head. and Big guys you know. give him problems. I, we don't really talk about that enough because there aren't many bigger guys that will actually guard him. But length, length and range annoy him. Yeah, definitely. And, I, you know, and they all – was it Vanderbilt and uh, McDaniel's? I think was the other one guarding yeah, yeah. but they're they're extremely athletic as well. So they were able to keep up pretty well with him. But I mean, as it pertains to the deadline, I think unfortunately uh, we're going to be quiet. Um, I I understand what she was getting at, saying you know look at how folks stepped up. But to your point. It was the worst team at, at minimum in the conference, close to the bottom, if not the bottom of the entire league. And they have gotten better since Chris Finch. And that's actually why when I was frustrated, I thought of it like that. Like they did beat the Suns. Uh, they did beat the Blazers. They had, and they've been playing uh, quite a few games at least, uh, pretty competitive ball. So. Yeah. You know, it, it just showed when they came out, it was kind of lackadaisical. But they, the one thing that excited me was after Tim got the tech, went to the locker room, came back, he made a, uh, I think he drove to the rim, made a bus, uh, bucket or something. But the camera panned to him and he just had this angry look on his face. I enjoy angry, Tim. It's a lot of fun. All right, I'm going to bring up because uh, when I when I complained, I, I had multiple people sit on. So I'm going to bring up uh, Travante. What's happening? How are you? What's up, Kirk? How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. Good man. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the the Cali tweet about the uh, Mavs fans, how we wanted how we want the support for Luca, right? And how the guys showed up tonight. But Kirk, we know what's going to happen when it's playoff time. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Are these guys going to show up night in and night out against the LA Lakers or the Utah Jazz? Because we definitely don't want to see. We know, we know how it gets when we play Utah Jazz. You know <laughs> it's going to be very frustrating, is, yeah. is what the answer is. So I'm like, are we going to get these guys that showed up tonight against one of those playoff teams? <sighs> this is so tough because when you. Does anybody. The preseason, I was so happy. 
And I don't, maybe it's just because I really wanted basketball back, but I was so happy. So I remember having a lot of optimism about the team, and I think big picture, I still do. But one thing I, I want everybody to kind of take to heart here, and I'm going to choose my words carefully because I really don't want to be disrespectful. Me as a fan who studies the team and pays attention to a lot, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're all kind of fanalists. There's so much information around. Anybody that yeah. wants to know a lot about basketball now can. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly, when, when, my, when my local media people tweet certain things which feel like team PR, I have yeah. to do my best to not be an asshole because, you know, they're support, you know, they, it's not that they're rooting for the team, but it's just, they're trying to make, make some kind of broad based points. A lot of them are generalized. The fans that they're appealing to are not us is, is mm-hmm. kind of the point. So it's, but big picture, I, I, I agree with you. I think they have to do more, but I don't think it's going to happen now. I, I, the past couple of these I've talked about, and really I'm going to host one of these tomorrow at lunchtime. If you want to, uh, blow yeah, off some it. some steam well it, it's it's gonna be this you this think is we'll just make so any t- move kurt like do you think we'll the mavericks will try to get anybody like, i mean somebody might need to confirm this in the chat but was james johnson on the bench i didn't even see him on the bench but i mean it's not like i was really looking but you know he stands out that man looks you know yeah he, <laughs> you notice him in a crowd is yeah. my point so it's it's kind of yeah, Brian, Brian notes in the chat the didn't see him. So, and my wife, who was sitting next to me, texted me that he was on the bench. So, apparently, I'm wrong. Okay. Arms around Luca after the game, she says. Thank you, Mary. Um, I don't know. It, it's – this is – it's just – I don't think they we know, Kurt. Like, the one – like you was just saying about the fans is just so into it. Like, I was watching the game tonight. I was like, wow, 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 he's looking great. Like, look yeah. at these guys. Yeah. I haven't seen it all season. I'm not sure because of the trade deadline is tomorrow. <laughs> or we just played the Timberwolves, what it is, but I'm like, we know it's going to happen once we play the L.A. Lakers or the Clippers or the Utah Jazz. Or is, is we going to get these guys to step up night in and night out for a little Well, it's really funny you say that about how they looked because it was trade deadline. If you look around the league tonight, there are some funky, funky scores. The, yeah. the Celtics <laughs> looked like they were collapsing the Nuggets mm-hmm. look like a panicked team, but, yeah. and even their their coach mentioned it after the game. So the fact that our that our plucky Mavericks uh, did not look like warmed over ass, it, I don't know. <laughs> it feels it feels me who I'm a grump just gives yeah. me kind of a sense of optimism that I'm pleased about. Hey. I don't know. Maybe they'll do something. They surprise me. I mean, you know, the the old Donnie Nelson quote is, "If I'm moving my lips, I'm lying." It's yeah. it's just that that kind of deal, and you know he went on Dalton's podcast today, and I've been roasting Dalton because I'm just like, which like is he ain't gonna tell you nothing? What? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I seen the quote earlier about it, saying that uh, he likes his young core. I'm like, here that's we right. go. With this. Here we that's go. right. <laughs> here we go with this. Well, I have. Uh, we we're apparently getting chatty in the in the in the request now, so I'm gonna bring uh, anybody okay. else up on stage. I hope you come back tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. Yes. Sir. All right. Brian, what can I do for you? Kirk, not grumpy. My friend. I'm good. uh, Yeah, I'm doing okay. I mean, uh, usually we're kindred spirits after the Mavs kind of look like ass. But, you know, Luka didn't look good, but everybody else kind of stepped up. Good for everybody else. Dwight Powell, season high, 16 points. Bravo. Jalen Brunson. Have you you seen those tweets the past few weeks where it's like people photoshopping 
Dwight Powell having like massive arms and and then making up fake stat lines where he has like 15, you know, rebounds and 35 points and that he's the the most Mavs eligible trade player. Like that, that felt like this come to life. I was really I was really pleased for Dwight because he gets rightfully cooked because he's not athletic anymore, but he was really working tonight. I'm glad for him. If I could steal a Mark Stein tweet, he, he looked very bouncy tonight. Very bouncy. Mm-hmm. Just energetic on the offensive glass, and I know not that Minnesota has these behemoths to like uh, hold off the paint, but uh, right. I enjoyed the effort. Effort was there, and I, you know, very, like, what was it like concerning that they were like struggling versus a Minnesota team, mind you, who've actually played better? Like, eh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, had Luca played like seventy five percent, I mean, to his normal capability, I think the game would have been fine. No worries there. But I wanted to provide a Trey proposal for you since we're fantasy booking here for tomorrow for the deadline. I just like everybody hard pivots. We don't care that we won the game. Let's talk about tomorrow. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I want to somehow dangle something out there. And Matt Nowitzki get... points out we're now the seventh seed. Yes. Thank yes. you, Matt. Woo! Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, still in the playing game, though, so that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get above the seventh seed. Uh, so I want to try to dangle Jalen out there and get a first-round pick. I want to make a call to the Pelicans and say – uh, who, who's the GM of the Pelicans right now? A former Cavs guy. Uh, right David now. Griffin. He follows David me, Griffin. which terrifies me. Yes, David Griffin. I will offer you said first round pick that we just acquired for um, Jalen Brunson. And if you want two seconds and whatever else down the road for Alonzo Ball, that's what I want. I mean, I don't have – I'm bad at trades. So if you guys want it, I, I mean, what? why not? I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm – I'm just so ambivalent because it's like I my my heart says that this team can do something given the right matchup that's not the Los Angeles Clippers. I hear what Trevante sure. was saying earlier about, you know, we really got to be, you know, a little worried. But some of the problems that the Mavs have in roster building wide go back two and a half years. Like, this is not new, and they're not going to fix it at the deadline. What I need is the same pissed off energy whenever Josh and I are railing about them during free agency – and I have everybody telling us, oh, you're just being negative. Willie Cauley-Stein's great, which is what I get. I can retweet hundreds <laughs> of people who get mad at me and the angry DMs I get. And I'm just like, look, guys, I'm not that smart. Pointing out that Willie Cauley-Stein is only okay at best doesn't make me a war criminal. We need to calm down. These sort of things go back a while. I mean, Brad Townsend reported today that the Mavericks aren't interested in moving any of their top nine rotation players. I can't name who the top nine are. I can give you seven. What is he talking about? I don't know. This maybe something wild happens tomorrow. So I, I, I like the I do like the proposal. Um, I'm gonna get to let's see here. We have Saeed waiting. What's happening, happening my man? Hey, you can hear me? Yep. All right. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Thanks for joining again. Pretty well. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I'm not going to lie. little part of me, um, after hearing Donnie's comments, kind of hoped that this game would be close or even they could even end up maybe losing, but that kind of went away real quick. Um, just the fact that they wanted to keep their young guys, which is kind of funny considering Powell's, what, 29 now and James Johnson's over 30. So maybe he was speaking um, in specific terms there where maybe they get moved. Even that's that's maybe just good thing or 
just being positive thinking on my part. But overall, um, I like it was a weird game, but good game at the same time. Yeah, but like I guess good game in the sense of where you weren't really stressed too much about it. It wasn't one of those games where it made you pull your hair out the entire time. And I kind of think Luca before the game just peeked towards the standings and saw who they were playing. It was really casual until um, until he finally decided to make something because he, he seemed like he was not necessarily out of it, but just kind of coasting the entire time. I guess that was more just KP playing well and stuff. Um, and I liked how the KP uh, post game, he, I guess he seemed to be back somewhat um, mentally speaking. Um, I guess just getting him going is kind of the entire thing, which is a positive and a negative at the same time. But overall, uh, weird but good game. I very much doubt they do anything tomorrow, but hoping they can move something or anything at all would be would be good. I guess, I guess at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a real FOMO involved with trade deadline stuff where it just, well, why can't we do the thing? We have all these pieces. What's going to happen? And I don't know. I, 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 I tell, you know, I tell lovely, wonderful, kind-hearted, eternally optimistic Dalton Trigg this all the time, that it's just like speaking it into existence can only work so much, and that if you're just constantly begging for these things to happen, you're just going to end up <laughs> being let down. And, and you know, the real – I think the, the, the challenge is that no current – the fact that there's so many buyers and not enough sellers in terms of the fact that there's going to be 20 teams making the playoffs really challenges sort of the expectations of having where it's like, oh, well, I have this, this expiring contract in James Johnson. I, we can move that for a player. I remember thinking that the night that James Johnson became a Maverick. And I'm just not sure if, if it's true. Uh, and, and so that makes the rest of this like a lot harder to to really figure out. So, I mean, we might be kind of bored tomorrow. We might not. Either way, we're going to have stuff to talk about because, you know, it, I mentioned this at the top of the podcast. The Mavericks are very po- – po- like you look at their, their upcoming uh, 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 schedule and they could rattle off a number of wins unless, you know, they, if you'll believe it, I think they've only had three-game win streaks. I don't even think they've had a four-game. Maybe they've had a four-game. Maybe they've had three four-game win streaks, and that's what I'm thinking of. I could look this up on the internet, but you know what? No one ever said I was a good host. Um, what else you got for me? Because I got a couple of more questions out there. One more thing. I think kind of going off where you said about how not there, there aren't as many sellers this year. Um, I think one thing it was in, I think the KOC podcast was he was talking about how a lot of the owners are looking at as uh, just even getting the playing tournament as just a money-making opportunity because of just how much money they've actually lost. So they're looking at it as a lot of uh, as more of a short-term thing rather than even saying like the Magic, for instance. They're selling their pieces, but they're still holding on to Vooch, um, which doesn't really make much sense at this point. But because of the fact that they've lost so much money, they want to try to make that 10 seed and get that playoff money, um, which makes it difficult for us to make any trades pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and there was a story, I don't remember what this, I saw the aggregation on, on NBC Basketball where there's, like, already talks about the next TV deal being even more money, like the NFL kind of showed this, so it's 
it's curious because the the finances of the various league owners really like we're this is one area where we're lucky where you know at least we don't know if Cuban really cares about making that much money off the Mavs. I assume the answer is no because he makes money from lots of other things. And so, but there are those owners like the Suns owner, like that guy's involved in real estate. Who real estate's had a weird year after like, and he bought the Suns. Sorry if you guys just heard my dog in the background. Um, the, there's just a lot of incentive for these teams to try to nickel and dime and make some more money. And, and I, it's going to be of value, you know, come tomorrow and then come what happens the next couple of seasons. So I, I, I do, I think that's a good point. Um, what's one more here? thing, one more thing, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of finish off on a funny point, um, sure. just to kind of laugh at the rockets in the sense of, so I think both Woj and, uh, both Woj and I think, Bobby Marks talked about how the Rockets are actively trying to win, which is kind of weird based on the fact that they've lost 20 straight, and I really feel bad for Silas, but everything that they're trying to do, they are actually trying to win, which makes their losing streak that much funnier, but that's just more of a Rockets being Rockets thing, I guess. No, big fan of being petty. Keep, keep, <laughs> keep I, I enjoy that, because at the bottom, like, I was I was listening to a podcast today about how like sports are like self made tribalism because we shouldn't want to be involved in wars and stuff like that. But I I for one enjoy the jokes on the Rockets. Like I like Silas, but that doesn't mean the the guys that I know from from college and high school who are Rockets fans that I'm not going to talk endless amounts of crap at them. That's 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 the part of the joy. We're not allowed to be mean about anything anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for stepping up here. I'm going to invite Andrew up on stage. Andrew, how are you? Hey, how's it going today? Great. Thanks for joining us tonight. Shout out for the rookies getting a whole two minutes in the game. I mean, two minutes for some guys is a lot. <laughs> yeah, especially since Josh Green is trying to fight and claw. Our first round pick can't even get on the floor, which is night and day different to when we had the likes of Justin Anderson. I'm, I'm glad people are checking out legendary Maverick Justin Anderson. <laughs> yeah. So as far as trade ideas, because since tomorrow is the deadline, I was because I figured now is the best time to sell high. Uh, Porzingis, Powell, and James Johnson for a disgruntled Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic. And if we can sneak Fournier in there, great. If not, I'm really more for the Aaron Gordon because I think it's about high time we get players who, I don't know, Lucas seems like one of those guys who, like kind of a Kobe Bryant, who just hate to lose more than they like to win. It seems like if Porzingis is getting his stats, especially in New York, he didn't seem all that upset until the – injury started and then his minutes started going down and that's when he kind of you know asked for a trade I would just rather have winning basketball players than guys that have the potential to put up big big stats well I hear you on this but if you want winning basketball players none of them are coming from the Orlando Magic (laughs) Um, but here's something to, to consider so Vooch is He's not going for, for anything. He is as close to untouchable, I think, as a Magic player might get. Aaron Gordon is apparently commanding two first-round picks from the Celtics, if that's going to be a thing. The, this is what I meant earlier about there just being f- so few sellers, is these guys can drive kind of crazy bargains. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but this is where like the Porzingis trade 
to an extent protects the Mavericks from making moves which might inevitably be short-sighted. I really like Fournier. I like Aaron Gordon as a theory, but if you guys have watched him or followed him, he thinks he is a very different player than what he actually is. He has been tasked with being more of a superstar forward than a um, – sorry, can you mute yourself? No, we do. It's it's not it just his feedback. I appreciate it. Um, it, it ends up being he's just he, he just does a little more. Like even last night, he gave some quotes about how well there's just all this losing going on, and it really frustrates me. And it's like, man, you've been on the team. Like you're part of the losing. <laughs> like what are we talking about here? But I, I I love where you're going in terms of ideas because this is where the Mavericks at some point are going to have to get aggressive. I just don't think they have the ammunition to do it, and I don't think. That, that any of these teams that are on the cusp of falling into a into an abyss like the Magic, they want assets to rebuild around in some way, shape, or form. And and I just, as much as Porzingis might want to be the guy, I I still think his value is a lot lower than we would like it to believe. You know, believe because he's just you know he's he's not played well enough this year. Like playing against the Wolves isn't going to move the needle for an NBA for an NBA uh, executive, is my opinion. Um. Right, uh, as well, far uh one one more thing sure. just before I go. As far as the, the lack of sellers, how much does the play in tournament factor into that? Do a lot of these lower level teams that could be selling now think that, hey, let's just get into the tournament and see what happens? Does that have anything any factor into them not not uh just trading away all the great their great players for uh I think it really does, and it's also what what Saeed said a second ago, where there's this element of the finances. A gate, if they're all hoping, this is all really inside baseball, so you'll forgive me for for going here, but they're all hoping, the owners, that people are going to be vaccinated enough to where they can have crowds in April, May, or I'm sorry, it's basically May to June now at this point, and where the vaccination rates are heading, the way states might be opening, the they make in a single game for the playoffs, I want to say it's like the average is around $3 million for a game with all the stuff that comes involved with being in a playoff game. You get three of those, it's $9 million more million than you had. And there's just, it's real challenge to, to convince some of these, like they don't want to tank anymore. So it's because they have these opportunities and you know, what happens if you win a game or two? Cause I, I can't remember how the play in tournament works, but you basically need to win enough to move up. And so these teams, particularly in the East, they're just convincing themselves that they have a chance. And I can't say I blame them out West. Things get a little more dicey because heck look at our Mavericks. We're in the, you know, we're in the seventh seed now. And you know, the, it's not like the Lakers want to play the Mavericks in a, in a potential, you know, series like, like the, it's just brutal out West. So it's, that's part of it. But again, I could be very wrong. I, I I'm not great at reading the market. So, so that's worth at least paying attention to. Um, and, and I'm terrible at trades. So, all right, I'm going to invite, Hey man, how are you? How do you say your name? Akiva? Akiva. Yes. Correct. Correct. Excellent. Thanks for... Oh, it's great. Thank you. Um, so I've been a Mavericks fan, follower just for the last like three years. Cause I'm a big Luca fan. So I, as, as soon as they got him in the draft, I, I, I started following closely. Uh, but I, I, I came to a conclusion like this year. In order to go anywhere far, they have to fire Carlisle because I looked at his at his coaching record. 
he started with Indiana, I believe, spent a couple of years there. And even though Larry Legend, who played with him, was in the front office, they fired him then. They figured out pretty quick he's not a good coach. He then coached. That ain't true. That ain't true. Well, that was, huh. They had the malice at the palace, my man. Their whole team got decimated because of the fight that happened uh, with the Pistons where, like, most of the Pacers team was suspended. But- All right. Then, then he went to Detroit, I believe, spent four years there. Uh, you know, maybe one, uh, maybe went to the conference finals, got fired. He is now with the Mavericks. Yeah, he won the championships in 2011. I looked up the coaching staff. It was, I didn't follow the team then, so I can't really, I have to say that, but uh, it included uh, Terry Stotts. So I'm thinking it was more Terry Stotts being on the team. Uh, which coach, tell me, tell me, Kirk. Which coach in NBA history, maybe there was one, I'm not sure, has not won a playoff series in nine consecutive years and is still on the team, still coaching that team? Tell me. Well, I mean, your last point is easily the most valid, but I would challenge you to go back and look at the Mavericks rosters where we as longtime Mavs fans get super frustrated is our front office and our owner. Um, I'm sorry. Would you mind yeah, yourself? There's getting feedback. Yeah, but uh, no, but you've also you yourself said he doesn't trust rookies. He doesn't develop young players. So how could you blame everything on the front office if you don't know if he did if he just doesn't develop young players? Well, I, I, there's certainly something to that. But I've watched enough teams where he has made there. There's there's a there's a phrase where I come from: making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Where if you go look at the, what was it, guys? The 26, no. 20, it was, no, no, 2013, 20, or 2012, 2013 team. If you go look at the team that they had, they ended up having like 24 guys on the roster because they just had. Durkin started the season with a knee injury, and they had lost out on Darren Williams and Dwight Howard because the front office, you know, was just at an awful plan. And they just were horrendous. And at one point in time, they just had this this hodge like the NBA player Eddie Curry started was the first, was the opening year starter, and the team went five hundred. He has this knack for really getting the best out of players who work with what he wants. He is a hard driving lunatic, and I think the long not lunatic's probably strong, but but he's he's a very old school coach. I think what will be interesting long-term with the Mavericks is how long Luka Doncic is willing to put up with him. Uh, Wasn't there like a point in tonight's game where Luka like left the bench and or left the uh, huddle and when it went to the side of the, uh, went to the side and like at the time he got the technical foul, he didn't stay in the huddle. He went and then Carlisle set him down. Uh, what happened there? Do you know? Well, I mean, he got a technical for being an asshole, meaning Luca. Like he was. Be- <laughs> well, I mean, I love the guy, but the dude chats too much with refs. Well, what well, he got is—that's is- another thing. Even though, even though the real, the only reason I'm following the Mavs is because of Luca. He's so great, but doesn't the coach have to control the player a little bit? There's a, there's I mean, a balance does, there. Did he ever say anything to him? There is, and 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 it's at least worth talking about for the long term, because I honestly don't think Carlisle is going anywhere to answer your question. Because the second question becomes, you know, not only who do you replace him with? Because 
there aren't many good coaches. That's the second thing. I'll, because being a coach is, is kind of like being a politician. Yeah, but Kurt, nine years. How many more years is going ha- he going to have? I, you, He'll be there know- as long as they want him to because it, it's because of that championship, man. Like, the, the Mavericks were so bad for such – or were, were they got so close to the mountaintop repeatedly, and then he helped take them over the top. He's going to be there a long time. Because I'll tell you what, I was there for that. It wasn't Terry Stotts. <laughs> Terry Stotts has had better teams than the Mavericks up there in Portland, and he ain't done much with them. And he's been there just kind of just as long as Carlisle's been with the Mavs. So, yeah. so it's how a tough come deal. He can't, so how come he can't scratch out a playoff series in in the, in nine years? Well, well, because well, honestly, a lot of the teams they have, if you go back to these teams, when you look, the rosters that they had were terrible, terrible. It's hard to explain, but I appreciate the question. I appreciate you joining. I got to bring okay. a couple more people up Thanks. on stage. Sure thing, man. Come back, I hope. Sure. All right. Who's next here? We got uh, Christian. You want to come back up on stage? I'm going to invite Tim first because my man, uh, House Mavericks, has something to say. What's happening? What's up, man? Um, got to love beating the worst team in the NBA. It's always Feels fun. good. Always fun. You know? KP needs help, man. We need to get him some help. <laughs> I saw someone tweet that. I thought that was too good. No, hey, I'm not going to take much from tonight's game. I will say that there has to be something to going 14 and 5, our last 19 games. Um, And COVID has just ruined our year. And so I I would love in an alternate universe to know what would be our topic of conversation at the deadline if we didn't have to deal with COVID and say we're sitting at the five seed, you know, um, and we're, you know, six, seven games above 500, eight, whatever it would be. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't take anything Donnie or Cuban or anyone says um, during this trade deadline. We're not going to get anything out of them. The Mavs have been tight-lipped forever. Um, they, they work in silence. And so I'm not expecting much tomorrow. Um, I see both sides, though. I see the continuity side. I see playing this year, seeing what happens. Um, but also I understand that there's some upgrades if they're there. I mean, you got to do them. So, but I just, I, I mean, I don't have much else than that. From the game, though, is you beat the worst team in the NBA. So just happy. <laughs> the, it, the, the point about COVID, I think, will we'll need, particularly as we get further away from it, the Mavericks finished, what was it? Like, kind of, like, two. how many of the games they finished over 500 before the All-Star break? Like it was three games two, I like think, or one or two, games. yeah. So, that, if they had won, I don't remember what stretch where they lost, like, six or seven in a row, but even if they had managed to go 500 or even, like, won any of those games, I'd be wondering if it was just kind of a different feel. Because, you know, the, the, the questions, you know, my, my, my man's talk here about uh, uh, Carlisle and such is not – I don't call it unfounded because you start to look at this stuff and you wonder how all these pieces all fit together. And it's very frustrating to, to see, but I, I still think that COVID is just the underlying issue. And as you watch what's happening to the Lakers as they sort of run into the injury bug, what you're really reminded of is just how long – the NBA season is and just how you have to weather storms. And frankly, last year we got off to a 16 and six start. And then the Mavericks played 500 ball the rest of the way. It wasn't that it wasn't fun the rest of the way, but it certainly wasn't as fun, you know? And, and so right now I think we're kind of poised. If you're looking ahead at the schedule to saying, all right, 
this the Mavericks could really be in for something. So this could be a lot of fun. I I, I think that's a good point. All right, I'm going to bring on Christian and Jesse. You guys really want to come back up? I'm just kidding, guys. Christian, what's happening? Hey, my bad. Took off mute. But uh, the two quick things I just wanted to mention, I mean, I like Aaron Gordon, but my God, two first and Marcus Smart, really? It's hard. Um, it's, I mean, it's a, but, it's a rough market out there. Like, at some point, I feel like the Mavericks are getting saved from themselves. Yeah, yeah. But the one thing that I would like to see them do, if it's possible, depending on the price, is I really doubt that Marcus Smart wants to play in Orlando. So I would love if we were able to jump in. Uh, I think we could get pretty close to matching, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Smart's contract. And if we'd be able to kind of put ourselves in that trade um, and bring Marcus Smart here, because I think that would be a fantastic pickup and – in other circumstances, we wouldn't be able to. So if we're able to hop in there and be that third team to orchestrate and bring them here, I think that would uh, be great. And I think, you know, adding Marcus Smart uh, would be very helpful if we want to really push for a second round uh, playoff. Yeah, I, I just don't. I I'm I'm it maybe this is just me where it's like I prefer to get hurt in the off season like I save my rage for then so that that's just it, it's it's tough for me because I don't really have a lot of of strong opinions on the trade trade stuff because I just don't see anything that the Mavericks can actually do um I I just had a friend of mine send me a DM where he's just like I don't really care if we trade more future picks because it, it's you know, the Mavericks aren't good with these picks, which, okay, fine. But, like, I want to have the assets later because I don't really want to trade for Aaron Gordon using two, you know, 25 and a 27 first-round pick. And then that's the team. And then if Luka gets tired of somebody's crap and demands a trade in three and a half years, I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, it's because we had Chris Depps, Porzingis, and Aaron Gordon and be mad about that for the rest of my life. So that's, I don't know, that's kind of where I am. Uh, Jesse, what What's up, Kirk? Um can you hear me all the way up from the sub seven you spot? Sound good. All right. Yeah. So uh, basically, you know, going, you know, February, we were down at the 14th spot. Now we're up at seventh. We're, you know, real close from the nuggets now at, at the fifth spot. And, you know, Chuck Cooperstein tweeted out a tweet talking about the Mavs defensive rating. Um, if you take out the COVID era, and it's 104.8, which would, would have been the best in the league. So I, you know, it is one of those things where somehow our defense can be, obviously we just played the Timberwolves, but like our defense, I think can play very good in the playoffs. Although the higher we go up in the standings, it seems like the, the matchup is going to be more difficult, uh, at least in the short term. So, I mean, if we get up to where the Nuggets are, we would be looking at the Lakers first round. Um, I really just want to get the sixth spot because I want to just make sure that we don't have to do the play-in sort of thing. Do you think Do you think we have any idea what we're going to be at the end of the, you know, we, we have seven games coming, where, or, or I guess six now, where our opponents are, 
below 500 do you th- how much steam do you think we can gain in the play it's a good question might be a little early for it but i think it's at least worth thinking about and also setting some expectations the front office the medical staff are going to set luca and kp at different points again it's going to make me mad we're all going to yell at locked on mavs host Nick Angstad, where he 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 ju- tries to justify the choice for them for some reason, um, forgetting that you know most of us live game to game. Just kidding, you Nick. Um, I think they're probably Mangle is missing is is missing the plan. Their second, probably equally tiered goal, it has to be being healthy. So those two things together, there. I, I I don't. I sort of think they settled for playing the Clippers. I've said that repeatedly, and that drives me crazy. I hope they don't have that mentality this this next year. I would like to see them get as high as possible and not worry about the matchup and just not worry about the matchup. Right. Uh, Follow-up question. Do you think the Minnesota fans in the hotel room intentionally gave Luca a leak in his uh, smoke alarm to make sure that he couldn't have that pregame nap? That's why he was playing so bad. I certainly hope so. I, I, I mentioned Steve earlier. I I need more petty NBA. I need more guy. Like, the fact that so many of these guys are so friendly with one another sometimes drives me nuts. Other times I think it's hilarious. But, like, the fact that something like this happened, and it clearly threw him off his game. He will say it didn't. That might be the worst I've seen him play in a very, very long time. Um... Well, unless somebody else wants to come up on stage and note something, I'm probably going to go to bed because after the six games that started late, it is the it's the early time of 11:22. I still have to edit and I still have to do some posting because I also run a website. And so, uh, just so everybody knows, I'm going to see if I can skip out on work for about 45 minutes tomorrow, probably during lunchtime. The the um, trend deadline is at 2 p.m. Central Time. I'll be starting at about noon, so if anything has happened before then, we can talk about it, we can get mad together, we can continue to suffer, uh, or, you know, relish in something wild happening. The one thing I I keep telling people, because I I get DMs of of our our very sad, angry Android friends that can't use this app, uh, I tell them that the part that I'm really enjoying about this uh, uh, during my time here is, is... the fact that I, you know, 30, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 people want to come talk after a game, I think that's fun. So we should uh, be mad together because I don't know anybody in my real life that likes the NBA like I do. So, guys, this has been Kirk Henderson with Mads Moneyball After Dark. Thank you for hanging out. We will be back in just about 12 hours. Talk to you soon.